Hey guys. Hello. I'm Casey. I'm Sarah. And we are Relatively Dark. So, how are you? I'm good. That's good. Fair warning, we're a little slap happy because we are recording at night. It's only 620, just so you guys know. (laughs) But where we are, it is night. (laughs) But it's not that late. It's not. But but usually we do record in the day and it does feel a tad different. Yeah, the vibe's different. It is. I'm all for it. I'm a night owl, so. It's funky. 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 (laughs) She's an odd one. I'm not. I'm completely normal. Yeah. They know better. <laughs> okay. So today, once again, we're going to do something a tad different. If you always do something a tad different, is it a tad different? Or is it, are you... Or... Hmm. Good question. <laughs> I was trying to say, or are you doing the same thing? <laughs> that's what that was. Uh, that's okay. I'm going to talk about a completely different type of case. How about that? Okay. That we haven't talked about before. I figured that's what you meant. I was just messing <laughs> I know. with you. Uh, it's a good point, though, because I have done that a lot recently. Yeah. Okay. Somebody let us know how many times. I also want to know <laughs> how many times I said the word weird in the Brittany Murphy episode, because I feel like it was a lot. I have no idea. All right. Here we go. We are going... No, I am going to tell you about the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist. Okay. Before we get into the actual heist, I'm going to give you a little bit of background information and history about the museum. Okay. The Isabella Gardner Stewart Museum is located in Boston, Massachusetts, and it opened in 1903. That's a long time ago. Yes. Isabella was an avid traveler, and she decided to have the museum built to house her collection, which included, quote, paintings, sculptures, tapestries, furniture, manuscripts, rare books, and decorative arts, end quote. Hmm. Well, that's cool. So she just went and got all this stuff from all these different places and was like, look at all these beautiful things. Yes. Look at all my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what she did. Different types of events were held here by Isabella and artists, artists, sorry, that's kind of a hard one. Yeah, it's like saying podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with STS, apparently. Yeah. Dancers, musicians, they even performed in some of the rooms. Okay. So they kind of used it as like a concert hall too. Yeah. In 1924, Isabella passed away and she left the museum, quote, for the education and enjoyment for the public forever. Aww. End quote. Yes. Rest easy, Isabella. Yeah, I think that she was a very good person and a very prominent figure here at this time. So. Here at this time. There at that time. <laughs> Slap, happy, whatever. Darkness folks so anywho so she made it clear in her will that everything the paintings uh antiques all that she had there was to be left the way it was don't touch it right or the museum would go to harvard university Mm -hmm. so she wanted everything left the way it was and everything set up the same way and by the way this place is like a huge mansion it's got four floors there are an insane amount of rooms here so Now we're going to talk about what happened on March 18th, 1990. Very, very early in the morning. Okay. Uh, This was the day after St. Patrick's Day. Right. So people were still on, like, in the streets and stuff. Wasn't, like, 
quiet, abandoned street. People were still out and about. Right. So, at 1.24 in the morning, two men in police uniforms walked up to the entrance, side entrance of the museum. Mm-hmm. They told one of the guards on duty that they were there responding to a call regarding a disturbance, and the men were let inside. After they were inside, the guard was asked to step away from the front desk to show his identity to the two supposed cops. After he stepped away, he was handcuffed, along with the other security guard, mm-hmm. and they were told, quote, this is a robbery. So Just like, like in the movies. Point blank. This is a robbery. Yep. Their faces were also duct taped, and they were left in the basement of the museum. Mm. So they had duct tape across their eyes and their mouth. And there's a picture of one of the guards and he has duct tape like around his head. Yeah. Odd. The guards were promised a reward after a year if they stayed quiet and didn't cause any trouble. A reward? Yep. I think it was $1,000 after a year if they didn't say anything. and So they're going to give them $1,000 if after a year they're still like not caught? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I was thinking. So The results show that is a lie. Incorrect. After 81 minutes, the two men left with 13 items. Oh, what were they? I will tell you in a minute. Oh, okay. But 81 minutes. That's almost an hour and a half in that yeah, museum. Yeah, that's a long time. Yes. They didn't get everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not in that place. No. They probably could have gotten more than 13, but 13's a lot. (laughs) This is known as the single largest property theft in the world. Oh, wow. Yes. With the value of what was stolen being around $500 million. Holy macaroni. Yes. That's a lot. Like, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Yep. Um, Well, that's more than I have, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Totally. (laughs) Um, The security guards for the next shift... They called the director to be let in when no one answered the door that morning. Hmm. And that's when the crime was discovered. So, now I'm going to tell you what was taken. Okay. It consisted of paintings, drawings, sketches, an etching, and a couple of antique objects. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're definitely people that know their, like, art and stuff. Because it sounds like they took the most valuable stuff. Okay, I'll get to that. Okay. They took five works from Edward Degas. Okay, um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, well, if you know art, then you would. Like, yeah. not saying that in a bad way, but I didn't either. But anyway, so. They are called Leaving the Paddock, Procession on a Road near Florence, Three Mounted Jockeys, and Two Different Sketches of Study for the Program. Okay. Yes. They also took three works of art from the artist Rembrandt von Rhein. Okay, I do know that one. One was titled A Lady and Gentleman in Black. One was a portrait of the artist as a young man. Mm-hmm. And one was Christ in the Storm on the Sea of Galilee. I know that one. I'm sure I know that one. Yes, that is one of the most well-known works of art that was taken, let mm-hmm. alone in the world. This canvas was over five feet by four feet, wow. which I thought was worth mentioning. That's I think most big. of these are around two to three feet, something like that. But this one was really big. Yeah, Rembrandt, Rem- 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 don't play around. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Sorry. <laughs> Remix. Rembrandt. Rem- 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
good. I used to say that a lot at that's, work. That's a funny. I like that. That's a funny. I was going to say that's a good one, but that, I like it. I made a funny. Yeah. Okay. Next. Johannes Vermeer. Mm-hmm. Of his, they took a painting titled The Concert. This is one of the first purchases of gardeners from an auction in Paris in 1891. So that's kind of sad. Old. Yeah, that's like her first. Yeah, that was one, one of the first things she ever acquired Aww. from Paris. What turds. Yeah. This was also one of the most expensive items in the museum. How much was it? It was worth, is worth, as of today, over $200 million. Wowza. Yes. Next on our list is a painting titled Landscape with an Obelisk by artist Govert Flink. Okay. What's an obelisk? It is like a tower type structure. Skinny, tall, like the Washington Monument. Oh. Washington Monument. I knew that. Did you? Nope. All right. (laughs) Um, Next we have a painting by artist Edward Manet. Okay. That sound familiar? Yes. He painted a picture of a man in a top hat titled Ches Tortoni. I could have that pronunciation wrong. Close enough. But man in a top hat. Next, we have a golden eagle finial. Mm-hmm. So this was a golden eagle that sat at the top of the flagpole. Oh, okay. For the Napoleonic flag. Gotcha. Rude. Oh, yeah. They also stole a Chinese goo which is a vessel-type container that was used for drinking wine. Oh. Like, um, it looks almost like a vase. Okay. But a it, goo. Yes. I'm going to start. That is in my vocabulary now. <laughs> so, kind of a odd collection of things to take. Yeah. And all of this, so all of this today is that total value of over or around about $500 million. Okay, so that's what it's worth today. Yes. And this was in, what, 90? Mm-hmm. 1990? So it was still worth a Oh, yeah. The museum had a very outdated security system. They had monitors at the front desk and one panic button at that desk. Hmm. And this played a huge role in the success of the theft. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. At the time, they had two security guards. One stayed at the front desk while the other patrolled the museum. And they were not to leave the museum at any time. And they were not to let anyone inside. Mm -hmm. If police showed up. They were instructed to take the names and the badge numbers of those police officers. I was wondering that. Mm-hmm. And verify their identities by calling the police department. Yeah. Which, fellow citizens, you have every right to do if you ever get pulled over by a police officer. Yeah. Just so you know. If something feels weird or doesn't make sense, I would suggest doing that. Yes. This has been your PSA from Relatively Dark Podcast. Yes, there might be more coming up, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Probably not many, so, you know. Yeah. Anyways. Take it. <laughs> the guards later stated that they were unaware that this was what they were supposed to do if the people who came up were police officers. So either they were just slacking and didn't want to admit that or they just were not trained properly. Properly. I don't know exactly who it was that would have stated this, but they said that no, like that's part of their training or whatever. Like that is mentioned. They are told to do that. Yeah. So. And I did find only one source that said that they mentioned that they were not aware of it. Hmm. So I don't know if they're lying or not, or if they just thought, oh, hey, they're cops. Not a big deal. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, the Board of Trustees, they're in charge of a lot of major changes and stuff for the museum. Mm-hmm. Like the upkeep kind of and stuff? Yeah, like any major decisions, I suppose, would have to be run by them. They refused fundraiser events, which a lot of other museums would do. 
but they refused them to help with upkeep and updated security measures. So the museum was basically, like, they basically had no money. Mm. So they could barely do anything with upkeep. Like, a lot of the artwork was not in the conditions it needed to be in Mm. in the first place. This was over years, too. Yeah. So, yeah. In September 1981, the FBI actually warned the museum of a possible upcoming break-in. What? Yeah. So nine years before. Right. Um, they had told the board members that the Rossetti gang were scoping out the museum to prepare for a heist. Mm-hmm. They knew this because one of its members were caught by the FBI and shared the target with an undercover cop. Mm. Yep. The board members didn't do anything, though. Bruh. Yeah. Were the board members these people that were part <laughs> of the gang? They were warned again in 1989, though. What is wrong with you? <laughs> This warning wasn't like, this is going to happen. It was more of like, you might want to rethink your system. Yeah. This warning came because the Boston Museum of Fine Arts was robbed that February, and it was only a few blocks away. Yeah. And once again, they didn't do anything, keeping the outdated system. So. I'm not going to use the phrase they were asking for it because, you know, shouldn't rob people. People. (laughs) Right. But. It made them a very easy target. Yeah. Take the necessary precautions to protect yourself against things like that, sirs. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, and apparently, um, this was kind of wildly known, like throughout, like they didn't have a very good security system. Yeah. So sorry. Very loud motor vehicle. (laughs) Continue. All right. In the museum, the rooms are named, Mm -hmm. and all of the items that were stolen were taken from three rooms: the Dutch room, the short gallery, and the blue room. Some of the pieces were cut from the frames. And, like, I think that's just, like, mm, this is, like... Disrespectful. Yeah, original artwork on original canvases from these famous artists. Yeah. Very talented. Very respected. it. Yes. And you're lowering the value by doing that. Dude, what Mm -hmm. are you doing? So, yeah, they cut them from the frames. The frame of the Ches Tortoni by Manet. The guy Mm -hmm. in the top hat. The Ches Tortolini. (laughs) Anyway. That frame was found at the security desk, which was odd. The other ones were left. That is weird. Yeah. So, the FBI automatically took over this case. Yeah, they're like, we told y'all. <laughs> Step aside. Yeah. They thought that the thieves were going to ransom the artwork back to the museum or sell them to a collector. Yeah. They were able to create a composite sketch from the guards and other witnesses who saw the two men sitting in a vehicle across the road from the museum that night. Gotcha. Like, staking it out. Yeah. Like, waiting. I think one source said that it was St. Patrick's Day night. I think one source said that maybe they thought that they were waiting to go into a party or something like that. Yeah. So, they didn't think anything of it. Yeah, and they probably knew that is why they did it that night. Yep. Um, These composite sketches didn't really help much, though. Yeah. Like, one source said two white guys in Boston. Like, <laughs> Okay. That's so, not narrow it down yeah. much. Some believe that the reason for the robbery was to obtain works by Rembrandt. And one of the reasons, some of the reasons that they thought this was because before the Gardner Museum, every other museum in Massachusetts that had a Rembrandt painting had also been robbed. Hmm. Yeah. The painting called The Landscape with an Obelisk, Mm -hmm. that was originally believed to be a Rembrandt until it was later discovered that the painter was a student of Rembrandt's. Gotcha. But they, the other ones weren't associated with Rembrandt. All the other ones that they took. No, but that's five Rembrandts, or four Rembrandts and one that they thought may have been a Rembrandt. Oh, gotcha. So that's why they thought that maybe that was the purpose, was to get those. 
That makes sense. So, yeah. They also believed that Rembrandt's self-portrait was supposed to be taken too. It wasn't, but they thought that they meant to. Like they just forgot it? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because <clears throat> the way it was found. It was leaning up against a wall uh, with the painting facing the wall. <laughs> no, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so um, the painting had an extra backing that had been removed. Mm-hmm. And they feel like the thieves may have set it down and Went forgot about bathroom it. And then or maybe tore another one, something. I mean, maybe they conversed with each other and was like, hey, what about this one? I don't know. But yeah. they set it down facing the wall. So then they didn't notice it. Yeah. That backing was removed. They thought that it was gone. That They feel that way because it was also a Rembrandt. Yeah. Very valuable piece. And when they first walked into the room, they thought it was gone. The people yeah. who were investigating or whatever. So yeah. So that could have been possibly six Rembrandts. Yeah. Their theory makes sense that that was the right. reason. I agree. But who knows? The thieves passed through a gallery, quote, full of incredibly valuable and rare masterpieces, end quote, without taking anything. Hmm. So this kind of goes against your yeah. theory that they knew what they were taking and they knew how valuable it was. I mean, true. if they knew, they didn't care because they left a lot of way more valuable items. Yeah. And you would think going in to do something like that, you go in, you grab whatever you can in the shortest amount of time you can and you get out. Well, and, and they then, spent so much time in there. Yes. And also, I think about like, which, like I said, <laughs> a lot of my knowledge comes from movies, <laughs> but they have like a target, right? They have like one thing or certain things that they want and they're like, this is what I want and it's in that museum. Yeah, usually. So, I don't know. But still, it's odd. Everybody thinks that's odd. The fact that three of Degas' works of art had horses on them led some people to believe that the thief liked horse racing. Yeah. And they thought that maybe that info could help find the Yeah, kind of narrow it down. Yeah. I'll tell you, it didn't really Who do was anything. at the tracks last weekend? <laughs> Did you say it didn't help any? No, it didn't. Oh, okay. Well, they matter. originally thought that, but it didn't do anything to help. Not songs. Yeah. So even though the museum's security system was like 100%, well, not 100% lacking, but very lacking mm-hmm. in anything useful, <laughs> it did have motion sensors. Well, there's that. In the rooms. So the Dutch room was going off like crazy. The thieves spent 40 minutes in that room, by the way. Hmm. So 40 minutes of constant alerts from the security system were being printed out. Does this like set off an alarm too? I don't know. I'm assuming I would not. think it would, but the guards are in the basement. So I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, if it did, it wouldn't do anything. Because it's not like an alarm that's connected to the police station because they didn't have that type of a security system. That's true. I guess I was just thinking if, People are still, you know, out and about on St. Patty's Day night. Um, <laughs> then they would hear that. And if it's like 80 minutes yeah. of straight alarm, somebody would it be might like, something's just be, going on. It might just be a little beeping or something that alerts the front desk to look and see, hey, something's going on. That's true. Very so, possible. I am not sure, but there's a printout, obviously, that had all this. Gotcha. Sorry for so many questions. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's what... I'm partly here for. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. So, the chest Tortoni by Manet, that one was taken from the blue room. That was the only one that was taken from that room. Okay. But there was no detection from the motion sensors of anyone being in that room. Hmm. Did they, like, do the thing from entrapment, like Catherine Zeta-Jones, going through all the little light beams and stuff? I doubt it, because the motion detectors from the Dutch room were going off like crazy. Huh. And also, I don't think they would have all that fancy stuff if they didn't even update their security system. <clears throat> I mean, they had motion sensors, so I mean, it had to be something kind of like that. 
Well, I mean, we have a motion sensor light, like, on our garage, but it's nothing like the light beam stuff. True. I don't know how it's set up. But why would they care if they took 81 minutes and the Dutch room sensors were going off like, someone's in here, hello? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just messed up. Maybe it was faulty. That's not true, because the next morning they were working just fine. Huh. Well, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Sorry, because I thought the same thing. That was one of the first things they checked. Yeah. When they realized that that had been in there and the sensors didn't go off, they were working properly. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that was a specific painting that they wanted to get. I have no idea. <sighs> because it seems odd that the specific paintings that they wanted to get, if that was their motive, mm, purpose, whatever, why did they take what they took and not other things? I, I don't know. You know, so, I don't know. That's weird. 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 So weird. Babamushka. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Go ahead. Uh, another fact was that the side entrance, the same entrance that the thieves came through, that door was opened and closed before the thieves were let in. Oh. There's like an alert or whatever mm-hmm. that the door has been opened and closed. Yeah. Documentation showed that that door had been opened sometime before the thieves approached that door at 124 in the morning. Okay. Which is weird because they weren't supposed to leave the museum. That's true. That is true. Now I'm going to cover some suspects and theories that have been brought to light. Okay. So the first one, (laughs) the guard on duty that let the thieves inside. Mm -hmm. His name was Richard or Rick Abbott. And a lot of people think that he was involved. Because he's the one that let them in. Yeah. Also, they believe that maybe him opening that door for a second, looking around, closing it, maybe that was their signal. We're all clear. Uh, we can go in now. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also, they had 81 minutes. Yeah. So it seemed like they knew that the police weren't going to come. We can take our time. True. That's a good point. So if they knew that people weren't going to be alerted, which they were handcuffed and taped up in the basement, so maybe they thought that anyway. How are they going to alert anybody? But in 81 minutes, I don't know if they checked on them or anything or if they just thought, oh, they're just going to stay down there. I don't know about that part. Yeah. So. I feel like if he was in on it, though, why would they even bother taping him? But maybe they did that so the other security guard wouldn't know that he was involved. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's talk a little bit more about him and his background and stuff, and then maybe you can decide whether you think he was part of it. The security guard? Yes. Okay. Soul. Mr. Abbott, he was known to use drugs and party a lot. That's not good. Yeah, he was 23 years old at the time that he had this job. He had showed up inebriated before. (laughs) And he had even had a party there once inside the museum. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how he still had his job. (laughs) He had put his two-week notice in before the heist. (laughs) When he was questioned about opening that back door. Yeah. He said that he checked the doors every night to make sure that they were locked. I mean, that makes sense. But they lock automatically either from the inside desk or the door on the inside. So he shuts it, it locks. Oh, I don't know then. Yeah. So they are locked from the inside, so him checking them didn't really make sense. Yeah. And also the security reports show the door being opened. They would have seen that when they were checked the morning after. Yeah. They would have been like, well, he does that every night. For some reason, he checks it to make sure it's locked. But that story didn't check out. Gotcha. So, didn't make sense. On the night that the robbery happened, he opens the door and the supposed cops show up 20 minutes later. Uh, So it's only 20 minutes. So they think, was it a signal? That does, like, support that theory. Right. That was their signal. He took a polygraph 
it's not public knowledge what all was on the polygraph, mm -hmm. but he failed it. He lied about drug use. Mm -hmm. The authorities said that that wasn't the only thing that he lied about, but like I said, it's not public knowledge, so. Yeah. Or publicly available. Some so people, go ahead. I'm sorry. So do you think that, or do, do you know if they thought that his motive possibly was because he wanted a cut of the money that they got from it to feed his drug addiction? I don't know. I don't have anything that says that. Yeah. But I think that that's very possible. I don't know. I just wonder. I mean, because I know people who are drug addicts, they would do all kinds of stuff just to get what they want or get what they think they need. Yeah. So. Go without yeah. food. Go without housing. That's like, they'll crazy. even take the job to kill somebody so they can get a cut of that money to feed their addiction. Yeah, people are crazy. No, drugs. I think that's very possible. Drugs make people crazy. Yeah, true. Unfortunately. So, some people wondered if he ever got, like, that reward money for keeping quiet. Mm -hmm. There was never any record of him getting anything. They have said that it could have still happened without them knowing if they did it by cash or something like that. Yeah, kind of under the table. Right. So, that's not to say that it never happened, but they don't know that it ever did. But some people think that that reward was promised to him because he was involved. Hmm. So, like, his whole thing out of it was $1,000? Seems like a low blow, but yeah. 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 So in 2010. Okay, 2010? Yes. This was in a jury testimony. Okay. Okay. He admitted that he knew how to walk around the censors. Who did? The Abbott. security guard? Yes. Oh. Okay. So that's why some people think that he was involved and that the Ches Tortoni by Manet mm -hmm, from the blue, blue room, room was from him. Hmm. And also, maybe he took it or turned the sensors off and took it. Because the sensors aren't on all the time, right? People walk through the museum. Yeah. So, <laughs> maybe he took it. Hmm. Or maybe he wasn't involved, but he took that one. Hmm. See, the Ches Tortoni... That frame was found on the security desk, remember? Mm-hmm. The chest Tortoni was taken from the blue room. The only one from the blue room. The only one that didn't have sensors go off. Some people believe maybe that was a separate, complete separate work of theft. Yeah, like he took advantage right. of the situation was just like, I'm going to get mine. They won't know it was me because they're already stealing all that. What if it wasn't even him? What if it was the other security guard? I'll tell you one thing. There is nothing ever mentioned about that guy, though. I don't know. So I doubt it, but... Mm. that's fishy very in 2015 oh my gosh <laughs> this is all just related to him but kind of gives you an idea of where this may be going but um the fbi released video footage Ooh. of abbott letting someone inside the night before for a few minutes so they could scope it out i don't know figure out the quickest way to do this and the quickest way to do that no idea Come on, Abbott. You got some explaining to do. <laughs> what is that off of? I love Lucy. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, because Joseph says it. <laughs> yeah. We say it to our dog. Our dog's name is Lucy. <laughs> After Lucille Ball. Yes. When she's <laughs> in trouble, her name is Lucille. That's so cute. All right. At one point, Abbott said that he didn't remember letting anyone in that night. The night before. Well, he was, you know, having a time. Yes, yeah, true. Apparently. Yeah. There was never enough evidence to charge him with anything yeah. and there was no obvious connection between him and the thieves gotcha so so i don't remember if 
you mentioned this before or not. Okay. I apologize if you did. Don't bang on it. <laughs> did they have security cameras? Yes, because they had four monitors at the front desk. Gotcha. But I don't know. They could have all been on the outside, though. We don't know if they had any on the inside. I have no idea. <laughs> I know that one source said that they had monitors at the desk. <laughs> four monitors. That's it. Okay. But I was thinking, though, it wouldn't matter because they had the composite sketches, so they had witnesses, and it still didn't help them. Yeah, but if they had monitors, they would see if that security guard had done something. If he had taken something or how he yeah, interacted with them when they let him in, maybe, or... The only thing is their faces that might have helped more, and maybe, I mean, this was 90, 1990, I don't know how well their cameras were. And they were even outdated then. Yeah, I guess I was thinking maybe the culprits, whatever, may interact with that security guard a little different than the other one. Like, they may be able to see that on there, or they may be able to see if he went into the blue room. Yeah, so maybe that's not So, I'm assuming even. they probably didn't have them inside. I feel like if they did it, it would have helped them a lot. And I never had any, no, nothing ever mentioned yeah, anything. It probably would have mentioned it. Yeah. I didn't hear or read anything that mentioned anything about checking security cameras or video footage. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have on Rick Abbott. Okay. So some people believe he was definitely involved. Some believe that he was just a poor lost soul addicted to drugs and did not make the right choices. Yeah. I mean... Just because he let him in, even though he it knew can he be wasn't explained. To. Yeah, it can be explained one way, and it can also be explained the total opposite way. Right. So. so, was he involved, or was he just another victim? I don't know. Me either. So, our next suspect, he was only briefly a suspect. Okay. James Whitey. Bulger. Bulger. Oh. Yep. So, for those of you who don't know, he was a South Boston mob boss. He worked closely with the Irish Republican Army, or the IRA. The only thing I knew was his name and that he was a mob boss. Johnny Depp depicts him in the movie Black Mass. Yes, I have not seen it. Pretty good. Is it? I like it. it. Okay. Um, he was also an FBI informant. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that either. So some people believe that he was behind the robbery. See, he was briefly a suspect, but... They kind of squashed that pretty quick. Yeah. The IRA was known to be involved in other art heists. Mm-hmm. So they were looked at. Some people thought that the police helped Bulger by giving him the police uniforms. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And this theory is that Bulger had the art stolen and was given to the IRA. So maybe they had Whitey Bulger do it so they wouldn't get their hands dirty. Maybe. There was never any direct evidence connecting Bulger to the theft. Gotcha. They mainly thought of him briefly because of his connection to the IRA and their connection to art. Right. <laughs> so, some people think that the artwork was sent to Ireland. Mm-hmm. So, the big IRA, not just what was in that place. Boston, yeah. Boston, not just, well, I'm not even, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry for all of the Bo- Boston listeners. And I apologize for the last time I did that because it is not good. <laughs> They're probably, I hope, I hope you guys are actually laughing at it. But, you know. Uh, if you're not, I'm sorry. We are who we are. Yeah. However... Most people thought that any mention of the Gardner Museum heist or the artwork by Bulger or any of his associates was because he wanted to find it himself. And that use sounds it, like Whitey Bulger. Use it for his own benefit. Yep. So he was never charged with anything. He was never Related directly to the connected. Heist. <laughs> yes. So our next suspect, Bobby Donati. Bobby Donati. Mm-hmm. Donati had worked with the famous Boston art thief Miles Connor. 
which if you don't know, art theft. I don't. I didn't either. But Miles Connor had served time before for committing art theft mm-hmm. multiple times. He even wrote a book about it. He yes. wrote the book on art theft. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can't remember what it's called, but he has since, I guess, like stopped. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So he wrote the book after all of that stuff. But Donati had worked closely with Miles Connor, and Donati had even served time for it. Gotcha. So he was looked at. He was also, at this time, the driver of mob boss Vincent the Animal Ferrara. Okay. Yes. And Ferrara was in prison at the time of the robbery for racketeering, which involves financial crimes. I didn't know, so I checked. Mm -hmm. I didn't know either. (laughs) The theory here is that Donati would use the artwork to get Ferrari out of jail, which (laughs) was not uncommon here. I mean, Miles Connor had done it. Mm-hmm. So some people think that that's why Donati did it. I mean, that makes sense. Understandable theory. Yes. He had also apparently told friends that he had bought police uniforms. Okay. That was yep. stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and another time he expressed his interest in the Golden Eagle tip of the Flagstaff hmm. that was stolen. Donati went to see Ferrara sometime in jail after the heist. And a conversation that possibly was about the missing paintings took place. You know how they will say things without saying things? Yeah, they have the whole code. Yeah, so some people think that whatever conversation this was, was about those paintings. Mm-hmm. And according to this theory, he had the paintings. Yeah. So. Did you pick up my cheeseburger? <laughs> yeah, I got the fries too. I gotta bury him though. <laughs> something about burying something may have been said. <laughs> well. So, uh, for all we know, that could have been a person. Yeah. So. I'm sure this wasn't, if they did this, this is not the only thing that was on their docket for the time being. Yeah. But about a year and a half after the robbery, Donati was found dead in a trunk. Well. And that murder was never solved. Well then. If there was ever any connection between Donati, Ferrara, and the heist, then that's never going to be known. Yeah. It went to the grave with him. Right. That information. Right. So next, they looked at the Merlino gang. Merlino. Yes. So this gang was a mafia crime family, and there were many different people who were involved with this gang that were named or thought to be suspects. Gotcha. Okay. If the Merlino gang did order the heist, then the two people who the FBI believed actually committed the crime were George Reisfelder and Leonard DiMuzio. If that's not right, I apologize. Okay. All right. So both of these men died sometime in 1991. Mm-hmm. DiMuzio was murdered. And Reisfelder died of a cocaine overdose. Hmm. So, they looked at the boss, Carmelo Merlino. Mm-hmm. The FBI had informants in Merlino's crew. And the informants had said that, by the way, Merlino was talking, he knew where the artwork was. Hmm. Everybody knows where it's at. Merlino had also mentioned returning two of the pieces that were stolen. Okay. The FBI had planned to negotiate with Merlino, but he was arrested while attempting to rob a Loomis Fargo Armored Car Depot, hmm. which is basically one of those big bank trucks. Yep. Yeah, okay. I didn't know what that was for a while. I didn't either. Oh, there you go. But anyway, he never mentioned anything else about the paintings after he was arrested. Hmm. And he thought that that arrest was this big FBI setup to get him to tell them where the paintings were. Yeah, they just kind of like concocted like a big their coup. own thing yeah. to like conspire against him. Yeah, but they didn't. I think it was a separate force that arrested them for that. Yeah. And so it messed with the FBI's plan. Hmm. Way to go. Yeah. Which they were doing their job, but... Yeah. Way to go. Doing your job. Yeah. 
And it sucks when that happens, though. Should have been some more communication there. But I get trying to keep it on the deal. Yeah. Sucks. Anywho, that's all about Mr. Merlino. Okay. Um, So, next on the list of people in the Merlino gang that they looked up. Is. <laughs> is. Robert Garenti and Robert Gentile. Okay. They were both associates of Merlino. And at one time, both were thought to have the paintings. Okay. Because Garenti's wife had told the FBI that she saw her husband give two of the paintings to Gentile. But they didn't find the paintings when they searched his home in Connecticut. Okay. However, they did find a list of the paintings. Hmm. Which also included the value of each of them. Hmm. Yes. But nothing else was ever found, and he denied ever having any involvement. Why do you have that list, sir? Right. So, next... Or they also looked at Mr. David Turner. Okay. Also in the Merlino gang. He was part of the same attempted robbery that Merlino was arrested for. Mm-hmm. Some people thought that he looked like one of the people in the sketches mm-hmm. that the police did. But he also denied being connected to the heist. Of course. Of course. Nobody's going to be like, you know what? Yeah. Right. That was me. Good job, guys. Exactly. So now we're going to jump to April 1994. Okay. So, the director of the museum at the time, Anne Hawley, she received a typed note regarding the heist. Okay. The author wrote that they could get all 13 pieces back, and he knew stuff about the robbery that wasn't public knowledge. Like, who did it? Unfortunately, no, that was not in there. Well... (laughs) He wrote that he originally didn't want money, but he wanted to make a deal for a reduced prison sentence for someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. Who? It didn't say. Very helpful. Right. He stated that his plan was moot now. Mm-hmm. So maybe whoever he wanted the reduced sentence for either passed away or he was released. Possible. Instead, he wanted a reward of $2.6 million and immunity. So in order for Anne Holly to show seriousness that she was willing to agree with him and agree to his terms and stuff, he wanted them to run the Boston Globe with an extra one in front of the lira in the currency section. Okay. And the lira is Turkish currency. Okay. Yeah. Holly ended up telling the FBI Good about job, it. Good job, Holly. The FBI agreed, and this issue was ran on May 1st, 1994. Okay. Apparently, the FBI was planning for an arrest. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever Holly received another letter, the writer wanted to put things on hold until it died down because he was mad. Mm-hmm. Because somehow it leaked that the FBI didn't necessarily agree with $2.6 million in immunity. Yeah. So, he was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not talking to anybody right now. Mm -hmm. I want a break. And then he was never heard from again. Uh, Of course he wasn't. And Anne Holly thinks, which her primary concern, obviously, is the return of the artwork. Yeah. And so, she wondered if maybe she shouldn't have even told the FBI. Yeah. I mean... You're like, good job, but now I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that anybody in their right mind would have told them. I think that the FBI should have been like, sure, whatever. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But then again, you steal $500 million worth of stuff, and you're not going to get anything from it. Four years later. If he was involved. I mean, it could have been somebody completely innocent, but how are they really going to know? And how is he going to know if he wasn't involved? He had to have been involved somehow. I don't know. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even been asking for I immunity. Know, I know nothing. <laughs> okay. So, now we're going to jump to 1997. Okay. Yep. Boop. William, what? 
That was me jumping. Boop. Oh. Boing, boing, boing. Oh, that one's better. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, William Youngsworth III. He was an associate of the Boston art thief, Miles Connor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at this time, Miles Connor was in jail. Okay. So in July, Youngsworth apparently had some of Miles' stolen art in his possession. Gotcha. Yes. He was in prison at the time of the heist, but he may have known something. Mm-hmm. He was facing charges for drugs, illegal guns, and a stolen vehicle. That's a lot of stuff. Yes. Since he was facing all these charges, some people think, did he really know something? Or was he just trying to get out of his charges? True. Right. Who knows? Not I. <laughs> Not I. Anyway, he started negotiations with the reporter Tom Mashberg. Okay. So he started negotiating with this reporter while he was out on bail. Mm-hmm. For all these charges. So, Youngsworth implied to Mashberg that he knew something, obviously. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have negotiated with him. Right. And he ended up convincing him to take a ride with him one night. So, he wanted the deal of $5 million, Miles Connor released, and all the charges against him dropped by the FBI. Okay. That's some pretty hefty demands. So, Agreed. After hours of driving around, Youngsworth finally told Mashberg that they were going to Brooklyn, which is over 200 miles away. A long... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, they finally reached a warehouse that was used for storage, and Youngsworth opened a room with a key he had. Mm-hmm. Youngsworth pulled out a canvas that was rolled up, mm-hmm. and he unrolled it. And it ended up being the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Okay. Yep. So he had it. He had it. Duh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he had it? That means he had it. <laughs> yeah. Youngsworth wouldn't let Mashberg touch it, though. And he rolled it back up, he put it back, and they went back to Boston. Yeah, something don't seem right. <laughs> Youngsworth gave Mashberg paint chips to prove its authenticity. Mm-hmm. And he sent pictures of two other Rembrandts. Okay. Yes. Once they were analyzed, mm-hmm. the paint chips weren't from that painting. Of course. And the pictures that he sent were pictures of pictures. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. So the conservators who tested the paint chips and stuff, they also said that the painting would have been stiff. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been able oh, to I be didn't rolled up. think of that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't think about it at all when they took the stuff. I thought they were probably all rolled up. Yeah. Yeah, these are original canvases with layers of paint. Yeah, I didn't think anything about that. Yep, me either. So, he was obviously just trying to get reward money. Mm-hmm. And Miles Connor off the hook. Yep. But, I mean, that's a really good play, though. I mean, he had one that looked like the exact same painting. Yeah. And pictures of the other ones, but obviously they're going to verify. Enough. Obviously they're yeah. going to verify all that, so. No telling how many tips that they had. Yeah. But anyway, he ended up getting two to three years, a two to three year sentence for for the stolen car. <laughs> like, so that was it. Maybe the reason why they thought that he was, or really knew what he was talking about. Yeah, like it was legit. Yeah, because he did know the Rossetti gang, which hmm. was the one in the 19, what, 81? Mm-hmm. That was supposedly scoping out the place. Yeah. And he also had ties with the Merlino gang. Yeah, I mean, I get so, why they, like, felt it was more well, or less and, credible. Yeah, and it wasn't even... I don't even know if the authorities even investigated this much. This was Mashberg. 
Oh, yeah, that's He was true. the reporter. He ended up publishing a story of his experience. Yeah. So that's where all of this came in. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So that fell through also, and the paintings have never been recovered. I knew you were going to tell me this nonsense. Yes. No one has ever been charged with the crime, and it is unsolved. Lovely. Yes. So the statute of limitations has expired. Obviously, it's been 30. Mm. It was 32 years in March. Dang. Yes. So whoever was responsible wouldn't be charged with this. Yeah, just come and be like, no. he, they just want him. I mean, they like designed their whole living space around that Rembrandt. They're not going to get rid of it now because then they'd have to redecorate mm-hmm. it. So even if they aren't going to get charged, they're just going to be like, what am I going to put there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. In the museum, there are empty frames that hang where the artwork once was. Oh, I like that. Yep. And it's almost a symbol of like, these paintings were not forgotten, but it's also like hope that they will eventually be returned to their rightful place. Gosh, it's like people. Yeah. I mean, it's not no, people. But, but yeah. That's that's really sweet, though. The director of the museum, Anthony Amore, and the FBI, they believe that they know who was behind the heist. Which is? But their top priority is getting the artwork back. Mm-hmm. They believe that the ones who were behind the heist have since passed away, but they have chosen to keep the names confidential. This is because they want to prevent being, quote, flooded with calls. Yeah. Because they would have to follow up on every single call that they received. Yeah, that's true. As like a law, I think. You have to follow up on every tip. And many of them would probably just be false. The director said that you have no idea how many calls that they have received. I mean, it's just like missing persons. Like somebody goes Mm -hmm. missing and there's hundreds of people that call and say they saw them. Yep. The case remains unsolved, even though they think they know who it is. They still don't know where the artwork is. Yeah. So, some people believe that it's been destroyed by now. Oh, that'd be awful. Yeah. I hope they find it. Some people think it's in Ireland. Yeah. To this day. But there is a reward that is offered by the museum in the amount of $10 million. Wow. For any information that directly leads to the return of the artwork. Or a partial reward for a partial recovery. Gotcha. A separate reward of $100,000 is offered for the Eagle Finial alone, hmm. which is considerably more than what it's valued at. Yeah. That's all Man. I got. I like that, though. It was different. Yes. And we haven't covered a heist or anything. Right? So That's kind of excited. Um, I also want to say that the Gardner Museum still hosts events and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And they have... I don't remember what the exact word is, and I apologize. Basically live in artists Mm -hmm. that stay there and paint and just perform whatever their artistic ability is. That's cool. They have uh, music events, all kinds of stuff. But it's just, it's really nice to see all of that coming from just this art museum. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is a beautiful thing. Very. So if anybody knows anything. (laughs) (laughs) I will make sure that I put in the show notes any links for any information that anybody may have. Which, I don't know if any of our listeners would have any of this. But that would be awesome. Yes. Email us any personal stories, case suggestions, questions, thoughts, theories. Join our Facebook group. Follow Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) To see pictures of all of the things. Yes. Become a relative by subscribing subscribing to our Patreon. Three buckaroonies a month. Yes. If you're not on there, tell us what'll get you there. 
You sound so kind of for not on there. Tell us what will get you there. Kentucky. Yeah. Until next time, folks. Thank you for listening. And come back. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 See you later. Alligator. Goodbye.